You're listening to Market Scale Energy. I'm your host, Sean Heath, and today I'm going to have a conversation with the Executive Vice President of Product Technologies and Applications for Schletter, Eddie Bug. Eddie, how are you today, my friend? Hey, Sean. I'm good, man. It's nice to meet you. I'm glad to have this time together. Hey, um, so do me a, a favor. Tell me just kind of about your career in commercial building and sort of what led you to Schletter. Well, I'm a little different, you know, than most people these days. Uh, I got out of college, actually hired uh, while I was in college to work for a pretty large uh, aluminum uh, mining and manufacturing company you may have heard of called Alcoa. Uh, I liked it so much there. I, I worked a 30-year career there and retired. Uh, I was a, uh engineer there uh, and worked in product technology, product engineering, product application uh, roles as well. Um, after that career, I took a weekend off and began working for First Solar uh, as their director of structures development as well as field technologies and uh, spent about five and a half years with First Solar, primarily involved in commercial and industrial rooftop applications, uh, car park structures for mounting PV uh, as well as being involved in some module cleaning solutions uh, in a department we called Field Technologies uh, at the time. Um, I, I was initially initially introduced to PV and renewable energy when I was in building systems and doing uh, green buildings. I've got my LEED AP certification and was introduced to uh, renewable technologies more when integrated with building products. But um, after 30 years with Alcoa, wanted to get more involved in solar. That's what got me to first solar uh, and eventually to Schletter. Uh, so you're talking to me today uh, while I am in uh, the beautiful state of North Carolina, where our uh, North America headquarters are located and where our primary uh, R&D and product development is, is done in North America. Uh, so I look after the, the R&D group, product development group, and there's also a group called Field Operations that provides uh, support to geotechnical testing, uh, as well as um, something I hope we talk about more later, what we call best practice means and methods for construction. Tell me a little bit about maybe some trends that you see with regard to, say, optimization and, and, and efficient practices. Well, I can I can tell you being in solar now for I don't know seven or eight years that it it is a roller coaster ride. Renewable energy in general is uh, chaotic in nature. It's it's a little messy. Uh, it's it's volatile and changing. And I wasn't sure I was even going to like that. But uh, having come from an in industry that's much more mature, uh, a lot less excitement, I actually find it uh, a little invigorating. Um, it's never a dull moment in this in this industry. So I can give you what I've seen as emerging trends over the the recent past. But, you know, if you wait 60 days, it might be totally different. Uh, it's it's crazy. But I, I will say that one thing has never changed. It's all about driving down the cost. And what is the cost? The cost of not just uh, solar modules or balance of systems required to display those modules, uh, but it's also what it costs you to erect the product, right? 
the construction labor itself itself still remains you know one of the huge variables and one of the most difficult uh, to control on a successful project so Schleder uh, is, is really taking a leadership position in my mind uh, at none no credit to me uh, but letter Schleder's taking a leadership position in trying to uh, optimize the racking structures that we design to minimize field labor. So let's face it, at the end of the day, uh, nobody wants to buy a, a module or a racking structure uh, or the balance of systems required to, to install that. They want a fully installed operational solar power plant. That's what they paid for. That's what their uh, levelized cost of electricity you know, is based on. So if any piece of those components is not optimized, you know, properly, you're not getting the best product and you're not get, getting the most competitive product. So I would say the underlying emerging trend that's never gone away and probably won't in the near future is driving cost, you know, out of out of solar, out of PV. So as you work on, I, I guess, also being as little much of a disturbance to the surrounding areas you can. You want it to be as integrated and, and sort of um, homogenous, right? You want it to all fit together nicely with being as as least disruptive. I guess that's not the right way to put it, but you know what I mean. What sort of well, things are you doing in an attempt to be disruptive in the industry, but not in the environment? Okay, okay, great question. So um, it, it all ties back to uh, labor and preserving the site. So construction of solar power plants are, are usually done for a 25 to 30 year period, uh, which seems like a long time, but uh, really uh, is important to recognize it's a very short time for that piece of land or that particular construction site. So it's the goal of every integrator to be able to uh, install these solar systems, have a successfully operating power plant for 25 or 30 years, and then return the site to its original uh, conditions. And one of the driving factors in that is having as little disturbance to the site uh, conditions, the site grade, the vegetation uh, that might be on the site, uh, the, the, the animal and biological, you know, wildlife that's in the area, that, that's very keen uh, to people that are in, in renewable energy, and, and, and rightfully so. So this long-term footprint, if you will, uh, on the site needs to be kept to a minimal. Well, these things challenge engineers like us because uh, engineers like sites to be level, flat, true, fully graded, drained properly, uh, and this takes a lot uh, of, of general disturbance to the site. And so we have to come up with some innovative ways to do a couple of things. And I'll just touch on one. Uh, we want to penetrate the site as few times as possible, uh, meaning is it possible to build this solar field and display all these modules uh, for photovoltaic energy and minimize the number of posts that actually have to be driven into the soil? Or, or the amount of concrete that has to be poured in order to ballast and, and uh, anchor uh, the system. So some of the products that we've just launched um, have that particular goal in mind. Uh, not only to reduce 
overall labor and pre-assemble as much material as possible in our production facilities and minimize the amount of labor in the field, but also to just minimize the number of times you actually have to drive a, a post or penetrate uh, a pile, you know, into the earth. It, it's, it's that simple. Each one of those disturbances costs time and money, and at the end of the day, uh, those posts are all pulled up and, and uh, retracted in order to leave the site in its original condition. So as materials in these solar panels changes and evolves and the technology becomes lighter and um, more durable, do you find that you're able to change the way you approach racking as far as the materials you use and the approaches that you can take? Do you feel like you get a little more freedom to accomplish things in an easier fashion? Well, we almost have to, Sean. The, the, the other two trends that are out there are related, uh, and it has got to do with the cost of uh, materials required to build these, build these sites. Uh, one of them, uh, most of your audience will probably be uh, aware of, are our recent tariffs on imported uh, solar modules, which which inherently drive up the cost of the modules for developers uh, here in the states and drive up the cost to build these power plants. And the second one, uh, more recent development uh, in the news, is the potential for there to be similar tariffs on materials like aluminum and steel which are primary metals used in this kind of uh, application. Now, this isn't a political interview, and I don't, I don't want it to be one, uh, but these are real challenges to, to companies like Schleder to do more to get out, to, to get more out of the system, knowing that these types of material costs are, are growing. So, for example, for module technology, what I see uh, with these costs going up is companies need to find better ways to get absolutely everything they can out of a solar module. And, and, and the application I'll point to is pretty obvious. Solar modules are most efficient when they're pointed directly to the sun. So most companies like Schletter uh, have some sort of tracking uh, product that will allow the solar module to point at the sun uh, all day along to get the most out of that module. Uh, so some will argue that you'll get 20% more productivity out of that module uh, if it's at the pointed at the sun all day than you would in some fixed uh, nominal position. Uh, so that's what I'm seeing is more and more uh, applications for single axis uh, tracking products. And the other one is how to get even less steel and or aluminum material, you know, out of the overall uh, rack to support the the modules in in general, and, and again, uh, this is a this is a real challenge uh, for us, and we find ourselves looking at some very custom profiles, uh, very custom uh, sections, and also some different steel. Uh, I don't want to say alloys, but mixes and grades of steel that are high strength that that allows to get more out of the same weight of steel. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but as, as module efficiency um, costs go up and as the cost of raw materials go up, we, we've got to find other ways to get the most out of those components and pull the other lever I talked about earlier. Well, if I can't change those and those are going up, 
then perhaps I can change the field labor costs that also go into the overall cost of the power plant. It, it's almost like you're being assigned one of those high school physics fair problems where they say, <laughs> here's a stack of balsa wood, make a bridge, and you have to find a way, maybe a new configuration, a honeycomb shape, or, I mean, that's really, that's really kind of interesting. You have to, you're almost having to crack the books to try and go back and find ways to make this happen. The only difference is they keep changing the cost of the balsam wood <laughs> and uh, the, giving different you know, materials and, and different, as you say, levers you have to pull to be able to get to the optimization. But it's, it's definitely a challenge for us and everyone in the industry. All right. So, Eddie, without getting either of us in trouble because, you know, you revealed some sort of secret, is there a product or maybe a project that you're working on coming up in the near future that you can tell me about? Well, Sean, I'm glad you asked. Uh, we, we are working on a new tracker uh, that's designed to do what I, I told you earlier, ensure that uh, we're getting the most out of these modules by tracking uh, the sun, uh, at least in a single axis uh, direction. I can't say a lot about that uh, product right now. It doesn't even have a, a, a name yet. Uh, but the product I do want to tell you more about, uh, we call GMAX. Uh, this product was launched last year, and we actually have a live webinar uh, on Wednesday, April the 4th, where we're doing about uh, a one-hour webinar focused on seeing videos of how labor is reduced by using this racking product. So very, very detailed, um, lots of pictures, lots of videos showing you step-by-step -step how the product can be constructed in a field. Uh, in a way to minimize the labor over our other uh, typical and competitive racks that are out there. And people who want to get more information about that can go to schletter.us and they'll be able to find the information about that there? That's right. And uh, anyone in the industry uh, probably will see in our social media campaigns the same thing. So um, I'll actually be a part of that and kind of hosting that uh, along with our, our marketing group and others. Uh, but this is one of those ones that uh, I can recommend. It's not salesy, really. It's it's about very boring uh, construction techniques and best means and methods to reducing labor. And some of us uh, folks in construction and engineering, I think, would get a lot out of it. Uh, when you do the installations, obviously, the, the environment surrounding the installation is something that's of, of utmost concern to you. And you want to be as, as non-disruptive as you can. I'm curious. Is wildlife generally curious about an installation? Do they, I mean, I would imagine after a while it just becomes, oh, there's that thing over there. But do you run into situations, I don't know, rabbits digging under fences or, you know, uh, deer kicking panels? I mean, do those things happen? Oh, uh, you can't imagine. Um, I, I'm not a, a biologist by any means, but we, we often see biologists uh, full-time uh, employed on some of these uh, solar sites. And, you know, some of these sites are quite large, you know, anywhere from two or three hundred acres to two or three thousand acres. So you you can't build anything on, you know, two two thousand acres and not disrupt some kind of wildlife. I mean, there's going to be prairie dogs with uh, dens in that site. There's going to be uh, birds, tortoises, snakes, other endangered species on, on all these sites. And it's not, it's not my specialty, 
uh, at all. But I can tell you, there's a lot of uh, very high level attention paid on that initial disturbance during the construction. Now, once the site is constructed, it's actually the opposite, Sean. You, you design that site with, yes, a safety fence that really guards it from larger wildlife and, and humans, uh, but they're actually designed to let, and, and, and the hope would be, that the smaller animals would be able to pass under the fence. There's actually a clearance under the fence in most cases, so they can all go back and have their uh, homes and where they were uh, originally and continue to uh, to flourish. I can just see a Disney movie being made where there's a solar insulation created, and after a year or two, the animals start sneaking in, repositioning the panels, you know, flipping things around, <laughs> just trying to mess with everything. I don't know. Looking forward, tell me about some things you see that might be considered new in the future as far as the industry is concerned. Well, certainly, uh, module technology continues to to change. And mo most people felt like uh, solar modules had kind of capped out on their efficiencies. And, you know, what you see is what we're probably always going to get. But I I'm, I'm, still, I'm still surprised, you know, by uh, different technologies uh, coming out that uh, are, are still tweaking these efficiencies uh, higher and higher, uh, special coatings and special uh, treatments. Uh, it's not, not my area of expertise, but uh, modules continue to get more efficient and costs continue to be driven down. And that, that, that's what needs to happen, you know, for solar to be more viable is the kinds of uh, credits and the, and, and the kinds of uh, tax incentives that were in place in the past were all there to drive uh, the growth of the technology and drive down the cost of the new technology. But at some point, and we're seeing this more and more now, uh, those supplemental uh, incentives are going to go away. And, and, and solar's got to stand on its own like any other uh, renewable energy or any other kind of energy. Uh, so it, it, it's a lot about um, efficiency, uh, reducing cost, so that solar can stand alongside those other forms of uh, energy and power uh, and and be a reliable you know source. Today I've been speaking with the Executive Vice President of Product Technologies and Applications for Schletter, Eddie Bug. Eddie, thanks so much for taking the time. It's my pleasure, Sean. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com slash industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.